0: morning, church. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know when to come up, so I had to ask Sarah when I was supposed to come up. <laughs> the worship was so good and so pristine, I didn't want to make a mistake, so uh, it's good to be here with you all. Um, I wanted to bring our family, but we have worship at 11, so they're going to be worshiping back at uh, our church, but it's um, really nice to be with all of you. Uh, I've been here before, and every single time I come... Uh, there's a difference between manufactured joy and real joy. Uh, real joy is uh, something that has to do nothing with uh, circumstances, right? Henry Nowen once said, uh, Your happiness is only happiness because something has happened, but joy is a defiant nevertheless. Nevertheless, I have Jesus Christ. In the midst of suffering, nevertheless, I have Jesus Christ. In the midst of financial difficulties I have, Jesus Christ. And so um, thank you for reminding me of that. Now, the way that I do uh, preaching back home and all the way in Bothell will be the very same style I hope to bring to you. And we're going to try to go verse by verse and see what the Lord says as we read his word. Let me pray before we do that. Lord, I decrease and I want so much for you to increase. The perfect word of God. Lord, that we can't put anything into it, nor do we take anything out. It is perfect and good and beneficial for all of us. Lord, sometimes as a pastor, when we get on a a stage, maybe that inner desire of performing comes. I pray that you would break that down in Jesus' name. And I pray that you would be highlighted by this lowly servant, who comes with fear and trembling, taking your word to your congregation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's read uh, verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. As I was meditating on this, I actually stopped at look carefully. And I know this is going to be very weird, but I was reminded when iPhone and Apple first came and they gave us that little thumb action. Do you remember that? That was revolutionary, and it's almost like you want to see a closer look at the picture that you're looking at, and you do one of this. This is what I imagine when I read, look carefully. Examine your life in such a way that you're doing this. Examine how you're walking with the Lord, you're doing this. Because oftentimes we get up in the morning and we are ready to go, but I think the first thing that we ought to do before our footsteps on the very floor that you slept last night is to thank the Lord, because the night before, nothing was guaranteed that you're going to wake up in the morning. The second thing that I believe we ought to be praying for is, Lord, there's a plan and assignment and purpose that you have given to me, I want to fulfill that in Jesus' name. And third. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, that I might be sensitive to what you are bringing to my heart. Look carefully. So when it says, look carefully, then how you walk, when you see the word walk in Scripture, it's basically talking about how you live. Look carefully how you are taking intentional steps every single time. That if I'm walking with my wife around the neighborhood, I'm making sure, and I'm intentional, that I don't go too far, I don't lag behind. But I'm walking in sync with her, making sure my heart and my ears are attentive, making sure that she doesn't go anywhere that she's not supposed to. Because oftentimes, it's so weird. Even when we were dating, one day we're walking and then I see her all of a sudden. And she fell. She, she has that amazing gift of making me laugh whenever we're together. <laughs> Just as we need to be mindful of taking one step after another, we must intentionally be careful of the way that we live. Friends, we are are being watched by the world. What we say, what we support, what we do makes a difference. So don't just get up and just do what you have to do. But it's almost like when you are holding a baby, you are intentional because you want this darn baby to go to sleep. I'm reminded of my daughter, Karis. It used to take me four hours for her to go to sleep. And I was like, Lord, why did you give me such a high-maintenance child? And I was reminded, weren't you like that when you were young? You're aware of every moment and every movement and every noise. And we need to redeem... The way that we live. Friends, I believe there's something to be said about these two Ps. If we are not very careful in the way that we are walking with the Lord, you're preoccupied with something that takes your attention away from the purpose and priority in your life. In Luke chapter 4, the tail end of it, Jesus is invited to stay in this village. Like he had a great weekend ministry. He healed, he exercised demons, he went and preached in the synagogue, and they've never heard such amazing storytelling filled with power. And he prayed for people. But one morning he gets up and he goes to a desolate place, because every single day that he would do ministry, he would empty himself so that he could be full the very next day. And the disciples in that town and village come and say, Jesus, we want you to stay, and we want to build a megachurch with you, because you're the rock star. I mean, would you have a hard time saying no to that? I would have a hard time saying no to that. You think that I'm that special, huh? Well, if you insist. But no, Jesus didn't say that. He was not preoccupied with the things that were not important. His purpose and plan is seen in that text. What does he say? No, no. I have not come for that purpose for I must preach and teach of the kingdom of God to other villages as well. Friends, maybe we need to do one of these little things in our life. How am I living with intentionality, not being preoccupied with the uh, not essentials, but how are we making priority and purpose in our life as we Walk with the Lord. And then it says in verse 16, making the best use of time because the days are evil. I know all of you are biblical scholars, so you know that the word time there is not chronos, one that we can measure time in minutes and hours, but it's actually talking about kairos. It's the season or the opportunity that the Lord gives to us. How then am I redeeming the very time that he has given to me that I am fulfilling the purpose? Because I believe God is recreating humanity. He wants to see the world in such a way that we are living to the fulfillment of the purpose that he has given to us. So kairos would often mean a suitable time, an opportunity. It's a decisive action that we might need to take. Friends, we think we have all the time in the world, but that's not true. We also must believe some moments are more valuable than other moments. And how do we do that? When we're living in alignment with the very things that God has given to our portion for today. This past week, I took a, a long road trip with my spiritual mentor and one of our members. He works at Amazon, so I know that he needed a break. <laughs> so I was like, "Dude, you got to come with." And then my spiritual mentor, Pastor Timothy Jones, he hails from this small little town called Georgetown, Kentucky. And he always says, "You can never say Louis Louisville. You got to say Louisville." All right, I got it. So we took a 2,300-mile uh, uh, mile drive, and the first place that we visited was Seaside, Cannon Beach, and the very place that I've been wanting to go for years, which was Crater Lake. And after Crater Lake, we went to Twin Falls, Idaho, and we went to a place called so- Shoshone Falls. I didn't even know that existed. And then the highlight of the trip was to Yellowknife or Yellowstone. I'm, I'm from Canada. That's why I always say Yellowstone instead of Yellowstone. But on our way back, we were about to sleep in a place called Butte, Montana. And it was a little bit farther than we wanted to, and our drive was getting a little slow. And so we had this bright idea, if we stopped at Bozeman, Montana, we might get some good steak. Because I always think Montana equals steak. So I said to everybody, well, let's go get some steak. We'd like to thank the Lord for the cow that died for us, and we're going to have a delicious meal. And I was researching, but I wanted where the locals are going to. So I found this place and it was, I can't even remember the name, but all I know, it was in a place called Manhattan. I know, not Manhattan, New York, Manhattan, Montana. A a small little town that had 1500 people. And so we go in there and I have to be honest, I looked at a place. I was the only Asian next to my friend, Danny. And, uh, and I jokingly said, Danny, stick close to Pastor Tim, because he looks like everybody else here. And he's got that amazing accent of his. And I, I was just joking. And so I, I go to the, the person that was helping us, and I said, how long is the wait? And she's like, it's about an hour. But there's this area that you can kind of go. If someone leaves a table, you've got to rush and get it. And I was like, I didn't know something like that existed. Well, she said, Bozeman, Montana, it exists. So I was eyeing this, and Danny, our friend from Amazon, had Boston Celtics t-shirt, and I knew right away that was trouble. And so this one person comes, and, and he's a little bit uh, feeling good because he had a lot of German juice that night. <laughs> and so he says, you can't wear that here. We don't support them people. And I was like, wow, that's not good, Danny. I don't know if I know you anymore. and so I knew he got kind of scared you know because I would be too and then I found this empty table but in the meantime my spiritual mentor pastor Tim was like Paul it's about an hour wait let's just go to Butte Montana and I was like well we're here anyways let's just give it a go so we waited and this table opens up and guess where the table is the very same guy that says you can't wear that t-shirt And for me, I'm a conversationalist. I will strike up a conversation with anybody. So I said, dude, who do you support? And he was slurring his speech a little bit. He said, I don't support nobody. I'm only into college football. And then we got to start talking. And he talked and talked for 15 minutes. And I was just like, when is this conversation ending? I just wanted an answer. (laughs) But out of the blue because I believe I was being intentional because I felt I heard something from the Lord minister to this person. And then he opens up and said, Paul, I'm in the final process of getting a divorce from my wife. And my daughter's right there and her friend is there. And tears were coming down. Today is your day, Peter. That was his name. You probably think this is a joke, but I'm actually a pastor. I hear this kind of story all the time. And guess what? Not just one. We have a retired pastor here. And get I have something more. We were not going to come. We were actually going to leave. But I know because we were being intentional with what the Lord looked carefully as we walked. Because I know that the very things that God has given, that Kairos moment, those opportune moments, this was that time. And I said, we are here all the way from Seattle, Washington, just for you. And my spiritual mentor prayed for him, and he was bawling like a little baby. Oh, I wish I could have taken a picture of that. That's not the end of the story. My mentor said, Paul, I've been wanting to fly fish all my life. And he had talked about that with me. Guess what Peter was? A fly fishing guide. So I got his number. We're going to go sometime this year to hang out with him so that we can minister to him. Isn't that amazing? Like when we see the opportunities that God gives to us, God does some amazing things. So therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Foolish being what? Do not be ignorant. Do not misunderstand, but make sure that you are constantly realigning and recalibrating to the will that God has for you. How do we do that? Lord, I want to please you, not go after success. Lord, I want to align my heart and all the natures that you have given to me so that I can fulfill the destiny and the call and purpose that you have for me. Friends, it's a question that we might be asking ourselves. There's always two situations. We pray for one thing, but God will often give us multiple choice. And it's this. It's between right and almost right. We could go both ways, but I always say this. If you make the wrong choice without discerning and receiving the wisdom from the Holy Spirit, we will often do, do a five degree of separation. And I always say, look where you will be in five years if you do not do this right. Do not be foolish, but understand and know the will of God. In verse 18, it says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled With the Spirit. We can go and talk about this, but I want to just maybe emphasize what I heard years ago from Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones. He was a great, prolific preacher in England. And this is what he said in this text, we have to understand it in a pharmaceutical way. You see, an alcohol is a suppressant, while the Holy Spirit is a stimulant. Oh, I love that. I wish I came up with that. You see, oftentimes when we are filled and drunk with the Holy Spirit, we want to escape reality. The very thing that we are saying, man, I wish they would just disappear. I've had the worst day of my life. I need to decompress. I need to just wind down a little bit. And one becomes two after three. And then what do we do? When we wake up, reality hits us that much more harder. It makes us do things that we would not normally do a shy person who gets a little bit of the German juice that I talked about becomes the highlight of the party. The person who is not very courageous wants to pick up a fight all of a sudden. You see what I mean? It is a, it's suppressing you to the reality that God wants you to see because every single time difficult situations come, he's never asked us to escape, but he's always saying walk through it. The parting of the Red Sea. Did he ask us to walk around it or through it? So what does it mean when we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I believe there's these three Ps that you have to remember. It's to be constantly influenced by the person, the power, and the presence of Jesus every single day. That's what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I think D.L. Moody once said, You should be so full of the Holy Spirit that everywhere you go, you should be spilling the Holy Spirit. I love that. And he was a big guy too, so you know. To be full of the Holy Spirit also means that we are influenced by the Holy Spirit. That the patterns and pace of my life, I am constantly aware that He is with me. And I'm making decisions and making wise decisions because I want to glorify you know what the Holy Spirit does. And I know we, we've we often come across the Holy Spirit in the charismatic movement in a very unhealthy way. But I believe this is what the Holy Spirit does. It convicts us of truth and allows us to be sensitive to sin that is in our life. And it will always, what, point us towards Jesus Christ. And we, we forget that. We always think the Holy Spirit is what, just a gifting. But no, it's actually the fruit of the Spirit that Jesus has this innate desire for us to be full with because all these things there is no cap or the maximum you are living under something right now do you know that you are mastered by something right now if you're not full of the holy spirit we were made in such a way that we are going to worship something or someone and when we say we're not worshiping god it doesn't mean we worship nothing we worship everything well, how do we know what we are filled by? Because what you are full of is the very thing that controls you. So what do we know? How do we know that? Ask two questions. What is the first thing that you think of when you get up in the morning? And what is the first thing that you do? There's been a lot of people who've come into the hospital with a giant mouth because they dropped their phone when they were not fully awake. It's the very first thing that we go to. It's the very first thing that we check. What's the last thing that you think of? You see, that's what you're actually fueled by. That's actually what you're controlled by. That's what you are imitating and influenced by. And if it is, we need to ask the Lord, Lord, we need to empty that because I need to be full of something else. Because when you are controlled by the Holy Spirit, guess what you start doing? Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. you know how amazing of the life that is? I don't care what people do. I do a prayer walk every day. And I'm singing to the Lord. And I know I am tone that, but don't nobody care? I'm singing to my Lord. Or there are songs that are just on repeat in my heart, and I can't get enough of it. My favorite praise team right now is the Maverick City. Oh man, the song, Jaira, I cannot, and you know it's cool when Justin Beaver also sings it. So I know I'm in line with this. <laughs> we are influenced by something right now. We are controlled by something right now. And when you are full of the Holy Spirit, when I remember what I said, it acts as a stimulant. Every song that you sing right now, it does something to your heart. Every prayer that you pray, I call it neology, study on our knee with the Lord. It does something to your heart. Every time you read it, you read the Bible not as a way to finish the one-year Bible plan the church makes you do every single January, but it now becomes what? Lazy Bible reading. What do you mean by that? You take it slow, like a good Southern boy that you would do. I'm from Texas, right? So I know what it means to read and take time. Every conversation you have, every worship that you have, every encounter you have, there's something that the Holy Spirit does, it heightens reality. Finally, I believe what the Holy Spirit does is to redeem a lot of things. It redeems the image of who God is. And what is that image? Tim Keller talks about this. He says, oftentimes, the way that we think of God, we have drawn a caricature of who he is. And a lot of people have a misunderstanding of who God is. People dry it in their hearts. And it's this old guy that's always angry at you. And it's not. For God is a God of love, grace, of forgiveness. What it also does when we live in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we take the orphan versus a child and we recreate the original relationship that we have to have. What is that? We are a child of God. When I was serving in a church in Dallas, I had my office and you know sometimes no one wants to come in there because that's a pastor's office even though i have candy there i try to invite people but there is one person that would come always and bring a bunch of his friends it was my son and he was the only one that knew the password other than me our secretary and some of the leaders and it was this it was just a cross and he would, he would press it, and he would not think that you couldn't be entering. It's just my dad's office. I'm his son. I could do whatever. So that's what he would do. But imagine if you did that with the Lord. We allow our feelings to dictate our faith when it's the permanent relationship between us and God as we are his child. We have the right to enter into his presence. I often think we need to get used to understanding that this is a playground instead of a following of a bunch of rules. We do it because we love our Father God. And then finally, we've talked about the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I went to one conference, and this pastor said, the Holy Spirit is like a gentleman. I said, oh, man, that's so sweet. And he will never invite himself because he's a gentleman. He'll only do it if you invite. And then he went to go tell a story. And I thought, oh, this is going to be good. How is the Holy Spirit going to be a gentleman to us? And he said this. The first thing that came out after he said that was the Holy Spirit is not a gentleman. I'm like, well, you just said he was a gentleman. He's like, no, it's not. One day he was praying for this person with a group of his prayer team. And they were not having breakthrough. Hours upon hours of praying. And suddenly he, in the fullness of his spirit, was singing hymns in his heart. But wouldn't you know it, what it was in his heart, it came out audibly. As soon as he did that, this young woman that this team was praying for started to break down all of a sudden. Now he's got me at the edge of my seat, and I'm like, what's next? Tell me, tell me. Well, she was abused as a child in a very inappropriate way by her stepfather. She would go to the bathroom and turn the water blistering hot to wash away all the dirtiness that she felt and guess what melody she was singing in her heart to calm herself, the very melody that this pastor was singing over that time. Says the Holy Spirit is not a gentleman. He will do what he wants because he is God. Friends, I want to close with this the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the very things that we need in our life, the result is it will renew your relationship vertically and it will renew your relationship horizontally. I wonder if we need to be acknowledging His presence more in our life. I left the mainline denomination to be with a denomination that I'm a part of, which you are also part of as the ECL. And I believe we don't have the very same rhythms and patterns of the mainline denomination. I believe we're more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So Lord, I acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is real. Lord, I repent and resist any other influence that wants to master me other than the Holy Spirit. Because I don't want to be enslaved by something else. I want to be a child before and finally respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Because you'd be surprised how much he is leading the small whispers in you. Put the word of God in you and the Holy Spirit will bring you to mind what you must do, who you must pray for. This is the most exciting thing about living in the patterns and rhythms that God has for us. And I want to close with this. How is the Holy Spirit prompting you now? Sometimes for me, He brings to my mind someone I need to be praying for. And all of a sudden, I just said, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'll send them a prayer. It's amazing how many times they come back and said, man, it almost was like you knew exactly what was happening to me. Let's bow our heads. Father, we invite the Holy Spirit. Lord. We're not doing it because we want to be mystical or full of mystery. We're doing it because we want to live as Christ lived. That he was empowered by it, he lived by it, and he wanted to minister through it. Lord, help us to be careful of everything that we do. That we take every step with intentionality, not being preoccupied, but filled with priority and purpose for your plan. Lord, we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit not enslaved by something else. So we release that over this church. A blessing and anointing would come and that you would use this church in a mighty way, not just to affect this specific area, but the city and our state and our nation and to the nations at large. It's in Jesus' name we pray.